Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast High School Football Report. This portion of the show is sponsored by The Health Connection with three locations to serve you. Two in Wichita at 1701 West Douglas and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170 and a third location in Rose Hill, Kansas at 1001 North Rose Hill Road. Stop by The Health Connection and talk to Natalie Greenlee and tell her the A-Train sent you. Hey, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We got a lot of steam to build up and a lot of steam to blow off. We're going to bring you up to date what happened over the weekend, starting statewide with Kansas High School Football Playoffs. That's right. Playoffs. Quite a few games we've had. Some were closely contested. Some were. Thanks for coming. Get ready for next year. That's right. It's the Kansas State football playoffs. And can you believe the high school football season is almost over? Yeah, one more game to play, and that's for all the marbles. The horse that Kansas State 
high school athletic association trophy in each respective class. 6A all the way down to 8-man. It's your boy Anthony Smith here with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Like I said, we're building up a lot of steam and getting ready to blow off a lot of steam as this train comes down the track. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and we're getting ready to get this scoreboard show started because we're going to talk a little bit of college high school football. Hopefully this week we'll have some coaches in, coaching interviews as we have more coaches corner, so to speak. We're going to talk a little college football. Some HBCU football. So we got a lot on our plate. So we have a lot to do and a little time to do it. Let's just go ahead and get this show on the road. Or as I like to say, let's get this train on the track. All aboard. Welcome into another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. It is Monday. That's right. I'm letting you know what day it is. It is Monday. November the 22nd. Why is this day so important? Well, November 22nd, 1994, gave birth to a little old girl who's a grown lady. I got five grandchildren. All I'm going to say is keep her in your prayers. Those of you who are listening to this podcast, family should be close-knit. Whatever's going on with my daughter at this point and juncture in her life, I pray the best for her. But today is her birthday. Her name is Tyshana Smith. When you say your prayers, say that name. That whatever the gap is between us will be bridged. Anyway, let's get on with these scores because Friday night was the semifinals. Punched your ticket to play for a state championship. So we're starting out first. Blue Valley Northwest at 11 and 1. Well, actually, they were 10 and 1 going into the game. Blue Valley Northwest took on Blue Valley West, 7 and 14. And punching their ticket to go to Emporia State was Blue Valley Northwest with a 35 to 7 victory. So, who will be waiting for them on the other side? None other than those Derby. Panthers, who put up points in bunches over Lawrence High School to the tune of 62 to 28. So the matchup, you're going to Emporia, Kansas, on the campus of Emporia State University, game time at 1 o'clock. You will have 11-1 Blue Valley Northwest taking on 11-0 Derby High School. Right. And once again, that game will be played on the campus of Emporia State University. That is for the 6A title. So up next, we go 5A. And the 5A state championship game will be played at Pittsburgh State University, Carney Smith Stadium, located at 1801 South Joplin Street. In Pittsburgh, Kansas, zip code 66762. And let's see, who do we have playing for the 5A title? 
we're going to find out right now. As Mill Valley, 10 and 1, took on 7 and 4, St. Thomas Aquinas. Mill Valley comes away with the victory, 35 to 19. So they will take their 11 and 1 record into Pittsburgh. And a game that will probably also go down as a classic. I want to say congratulations on a fine season. It just came up a little bit short. It was 10-1, Cape and Mount Carmel, going up against 9-2, Mays High School. And Mays comes away with the one-point victory by the final score of 22-21. So you also feel that congratulations to Mays High School is in order as well, too. So it will be Mays High School. This is 5A. Mays High School going up against Mill Valley High School for the 5A state championship game. And now we go to 4A. That's right. Class 4A will be played at Topeka. Hummer Sports Park Football Stadium located at 501 Southwest Tuffy Kellogg Drive in Topeka, Kansas, 66606. And let's see who we have squaring off. In 4A, in the semifinal matchup, we had a 7-4 St. James Academy. Going up against a five and six Bishop Meage. St. James Academy comes out with the victory by the final score of 42 to 19. So they will be playing for a state title against a school that's just right up the road on Kellogg. School that has had a very successful season. Andover Central. As Andover Central knocked off Bueller High School by the final score of 42 to 21. So your Class 4A championship game will pit Andover Central at 11 and 1 against St. James Academy 8 and 4. If I had to make a prediction on this game, I'm going to roll with Andover Central. Hopefully, I'll be able to get some of these coaches on before this week is out. If not, I will just make a call to Oswego, Kansas, and get my good friend, Matt Fowler, on. Anyway, we're moving right along. As now we move to Class 3A, and Class 3A title game, title game will be played at HCC. If you don't know what that is, that's Hutchinson Community College. Gowans Stadium, located 600 block of East 11th Avenue in Hutchison, Kansas, 67501. Very nice venue. I remember when they did the renovations, and it's a piece of art to behold. Anyway, let's see how the 3A bracket paired out in the semifinal game. As Frontenac High School 
going into the game at 9-2, took on Holton High School, who was undefeated. Frontenac comes out with the victory by the final score of 32-13. And look like most of these games will be starting at 1 o'clock. This will be this coming up Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving. So for the 3A title game, it will be Frontenac going up against Undefeated, Andale High School, who knocked off Southeast of Saline High School, a battle of two undefeated teams. Unfortunately, somebody had to lose. Fortunately, someone had to win to get this close. What a heartbreaker. However, Andale went on the road to Southeast of Saline and came away victoriously, riding home happy. With the final score of 37 to 16. So there your 3A title game is set. Undefeated Andale High School. 10 2 Frontenac High School for the 3A state title. And now we get you to 2A. Class 2A will be played at Salina USD number 305 District Stadium. At 650 East Crawford in Salina, Kansas, 67401. And let's see who is playing in this state title game and how did they get there. Open one semifinal game. Rossville, 11 0. Took on 9 2 Silver Lake High School at 9 2. Final score. Rossville comes out victoriously by the final score of 36 to 8. So they will take their 12 0 record into the 2A state title game against who? Well, we have Beloit High School at 8 3 going up against Kingman High School at 10 1. And the winner, Beloit, eked out a victory over Kingman 22 19. So there you have it. Nine and three Beloit High School going up against undefeated 12 and 0 Rossville for the 2A state championship. Now we move to 1A. 1A will be played at Fort Hayes State University, Lewis Field. Who do we have on tap? For you there. Open one semifinal game. We had Opie. At 11-0. Going up against Centralia High School. 9-2. Centralia. Takes the loss. As Opie. Comes away victorious. 28-6. So they will take their 12-0 record. Into the 1A title game against the winner of Cedric, undefeated Cedric, and undefeated Emmon High School. Another one of those games where someone had to win, someone had to lose. And based on the final score, it looked like it was a fight. No one wanted to lose, but someone had to lose. Emmon High School comes out with the victory over Cedric High School by the final score of 26 to 21. 
Therefore, Inman High School takes their 12 and 0 record into Fort Hay State against another undefeated school, OP High School. It should be a barn burner of a game. So we got you 6A all the way to 1A, which means there's one thing left to do. Actually, two. And this here is going to be a double hitter. It is Class 8. Class 8 player D1, which is Division 1 eight-man football. This game will be played. This is one of the games. Let me make sure I get that right. One of the games that will be played at Newton Fisher Field at One Athletic Park Drive in Newton, Kansas at 67114. And now we look at the eight player Division One bracket. As Sedan High School went into the game undefeated at 10 0 against Canton Galva High School. At 9-1, Kenton Galva comes away victoriously by the final score of 52-6 to punch their ticket to play against the winner of Little River and Madison Hamilton High School. And the winner of that game in a more closely contested game. Look like, okay, let me back up a little bit. Actually, it was Canton Galva at 10 and one. I was looking at the wrong bracket there. Going up against Little River High School, 11 and 0. Now we got it right. This game was played at Little River and Looks like Little River came out victoriously by the final score of what looks like a basketball score, 76-68. So Little River, 12-0, will be going up against the winner of Meade High School at 11-0, Fishtacone Hill City at 10-1. And Meade comes away victoriously, 48-34. So that sets up your eight-man Division One showdown between out of two undefeated teams, Little River High School at twelve and zero, going up against Meade High School twelve and zero. Which now brings me to what will be the. Let me get the time on this game. Time on this game will be at 11 a.m. This will be the first part of the double hitter. So, Little River going up against Meade High School, two undefeated teams. Game time at Newton Fisher Field, 11 a.m. So now we get you to the Division Two. And it will be the second part of the doubleheader. 
as Axtell took on Kensington Thunder Ridge High School, a battle of two undefeateds. Kensington, Axtell made a statement as they come away victoriously, 46-0. So they will take their 12-0 record into the state title game, which will be at 3 p.m., taking on the winner between Victoria High School and Wheatland Grinnell. Wheatland Grinnell comes away victoriously over Victoria by the score of 42-30. to 30. So you will have 11-1 and Wheatland Grinnell at 3 p.m. going up against undefeated Axtell High School. So there are your updates, your scores, and teams that will be playing this weekend. Like I say, once again, it's hard to believe that football season is coming to an end this weekend. I want to say I've had a blast doing these scores. I may have missed a few in between. Thankful to the coaches that have come on. Steve Martin, Western Shorts, and even way out in Oswego, Kansas. I still haven't figured out the mileage yet from Wichita to Oswego. But my newest good friend, Matt Fowler, the coach out there at Oswego, who I plan on running across this weekend. Lord's willing, I will be making my way out to Newton to finally get to see some eight-man football. What I'm going to do right now is I am going to pause and take a break. When I come back, I will probably talk a little bit of HBCU football. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Sports Talk Podcast. 
train is always building up ahead of steam. Coming around the track, coming to a neighborhood somewhere near you. Giving you what you want. High school sports, college sports, HBCU college football. Got it right here on the train. So I hope you have your ticket and I hope you're on board because this train will take you on a journey. Let's get into some HBCU news. Look at some of the top performers of week number 12. Just doesn't seem like that, does it? The season doesn't seem like it's going by quick. So who are some of the top performers? Well, quarterbacks sealed the deal for their teams in the top HBCU performances of week 12. Bowie State's Jerome Johnson used his legs to propel the CIAA champions to a first-round NCAA Division II playoff win. Jackson State freshman Shadur Sanders again showed why he should be the SWAC's Offensive Player of the Year as he led the Tigers to an undefeated SWAC regular season. South Carolina State's Corey Fields Jr. came through with the same IE and undefeated MEAC regular season for the Bulldogs in the league's outright title and celebration bowl berth. HBCU top performances passing. Alabama A&M senior quarterback Akil Glass had the gaudiest passing number Saturday as he has had all season. Glass ended the season Saturday the way he began it. Throwing for over 400 yards as the Bulldogs finished 7-3 with a 52-24 win over Arkansas Pine Bluff. He was 26 of 33 for 450 yards and a season-high six touchdowns without a pick Saturday. It was his fifth 400-yard game of the season. Hopefully, he will be playing at the next level. Ordinarily, Glass's 3,568 passing yards 356.8 yards per game and 36 passing touchdowns, all league best, would be enough to guarantee him Player of the Year honors for the second year in a row. But that might not be the case. Shadur Sanders has been better. Shadur Sanders has been the offensive linchpin behind the resurgence of Jackson State, 10-1, 7-0 in the SWAC East, under his father, Dion Coach Prime Sanders. He filled that role against Saturday. His two second-half TD passes propelled JSU past Alcorn State 24-10. He finished 28 of 39 for 297 yards and three TDs without a pick. He's had seven games with a goose egg in interceptions. Who knows? This could be a poll question. Who should be the player of the year? Akil Glass? Shadur Sanders? Let's ponder on that. The young Sanders has thrown for 2,971 yards and 28 touchdowns with just five interceptions on the season. More importantly, his team is 10-1 overall and undefeated 7-0 in SWAC play as they grab the East Division Championship. His play in the defeat of Alcorn State also helped determine who the Tigers will face in the December 4 SWAC Championship game. The win over Alcorn State handed the West title to Prairie View A&M 7-3, 6-1 in the SWAC West. Sanders versus Glass. It's comp 
his .687 completion percentage is better than Glass, 62.6, as is his efficiency rating, 160.7 to 160.3. Both of those numbers are best in the SWAC. In their head-to-head matchup on October the 8th, Sanders was 17 of 25 for 249 yards and four TDs, while Glass finished 26 of 40 for 293 yards and two TDs. Neither threw a pick. JSU won the game at A&M's homecoming, 61-15. Sanders has been poised under pressure and great in late-game situations. His two touchdowns in the final half of the fourth quarter allowed JSU to escape with a tough 21-17 win last week at Southern that clinched the East Division title. Sanders and the Tigers will play West Division champ Prairie View A&M on December 4th in Jackson, Mississippi in the SWAC championship game. The winner will face MEAC champion South Carolina State in the Celebration Bowl on December the 8th in Atlanta. Every JSU game this season, home away has drawn more than 20,000 fans. The biggest home crowds have been 53,578 for homecoming October the 16th versus Alabama State and 58,892 versus Alcorn State Saturday. So, get your tickets early because the SWAC championship game may draw those kind of crowds. Fields are plenty. South Carolina State QB Corey Fields Jr. was 21-43 for 250 yards and three touchdowns as the Bulldogs, 6-5, and 5-0, completed a perfect MEAC regular season with a 31-21 win at Norfolk State. As MEAC champions, Fields will lead South Carolina State into its first appearance in the Celebration Bowl on December 18th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Top HBCU performances rushing. While Corey Fields Jr. did the damage for SC State through the air versus Norfolk State, sophomore Kendra Flowers did the work on the ground. Flowers had season highs of 32 carries for 172 yards in the Bulldogs' win. He had a one-yard TD run to cap the scoring. Bowie State got 100-yard efforts from quarterback Jerome Johnson and running back Khalil Wilkins in its 31-10 first-round NCAA Division II playoff win over Lenore Ryan. Johnson totaled 147 rushing yards on just 12 carries and broke the back of LRU defense with scoring runs of 65 and 48 yards. Wilkins, the CIAA and HBCU rushing leader with 1,207 yards on the season, came through with 101 yards on 23 carries, including a 15-yard TD scamper to close out the scoring. Bowie State, 11-1, the number two seed in Super Region 2, is home again Saturday, 1 p.m., facing number six, Newberry, 10-2, in a second-round playoff game. Bowie State University has never advanced past the second round. Rattlers roll. Florida A&M, 9-2, and 7-1 and in the SWAC East, punched its tickets to the FCS playoffs after running back Bishop Barnett's 128-yard, one-touchdown scoring, rush, one-touchdown rushing effort in a 46-21 win over Bethune-Cookman. The Rattlers' win snapped a nine-game losing streak to the Wildcats in the season-ending Florida Classic. FAMU will be on the road at Southeast Louisiana, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus in a first-round FCS playoff game. This is the first FCS playoff berth for a SWAC program 
since the league went to a championship game format in 1999. Top HBCU performance receiving. Six for 200, six for 210 pound Delaware State wide receiver Trey Gross. Trey Gross capped an excellent senior season with 12 receptions for 141 yards and all four Hornets TDs in a 34-28 overtime loss to North Carolina Central Saturday. Gross, whose scoring catches covered 15, 21, 37, and 16 yards, finishes the season with MEAC and HBCU best of 13 receiving touchdowns. Imposing 6'5", 215-pound redshirt sophomore wideout Shaquan Davis of South Carolina State also finished his regular season with a breakout performance. Davis hauled in nine passes for 141 yards and three TDs in the Bulldogs' win at Norfolk State. His scoring receptions covered 21, 14, and 20 yards. Davis led the MEAC with 769 receiving yards, 85.4 yards per game, and 20.4 yards per catch. Alabama A&M trio of Abdul Fatih Ade Hilaire and D. Anderson finished their seasons atop the SWAC receiving list. Hilaire had eight receptions for 162 yards, including a 62-yard TD reception Saturday. Abraham hauled in seven catches for 115 yards and two TDs. Abraham finished first 1,008 yards, 100.8 yards per game, and Hilaire second. 918 yards, 91.8 yards per game in receiving yards in the SWAC. Hilaire was first, 71 receptions, and Ibrahim, 67 receptions, second in receptions. Ibrahim had eight TDs and Hilaire nine. Ibrahim and Hilaire are both juniors. Teammate Anderson, 33 receptions, 493, a 6'6", 220-pound senior, led the SWAC with 12 TD receptions. Top performances on the defense. Florida A&M senior safety Marquise Bell is perhaps the top HBCU prospect for the NFL draft. He showed why in the Rattlers win over Norfolk State. The 6'3", 205-pounder totaled a team best seven tackles, five solos, a forced fumble, and an interception. Fellow defensive back B.J. Bowler, a redshirt junior, was just as disruptive. Bowler had four solo tackles, a forced fumble that he returned 56 yards for a score, an interception, and a pass breakup. South Carolina State redshirt sophomore linebacker B.J. Davis and lineman Daryl Brown also had outstanding days. Davis led all tacklers with 14 stops, while Brown registered a day's best three sacks. So as we scroll on down through here, top HBCU performers, passing attempt, completion yards, Akil Glass, Alabama A&M, 26 of 33, 450 yards. Shadur Sanders, JSU, 28 of 39 for 297. Corey Fields Jr., 
South Carolina State University, 21 of 34, 250 yards. Oh, let me give you this. Kill six touchdown passes, Shador, three. And Corey Fields, three touchdown passes, also one interception. Jet Duffy of Hampton, 15 of 24, two interceptions, 242 yards. Juwan Carter, 17 of 28, one interception, 240 yards, two touchdown passes. Devin Black, Bethune Cookman, 10 of 13, one pick, 231 yards, three touchdowns. Skylar Perry, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 22 of 42, one pick, 220 yards, one touchdown. And those are just some of the top performances, just to name a few. So what I am going to do now is I am going to go ahead and take a break right here. Because time be flying when you're having fun. But it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Be right back with a little bit more as we look at the NCAA College Football Top 25. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. job I have to go to tonight. Otherwise, I would stay with you guys all night. I would probably stretch this podcast out to an hour and a half. But I can't, so I'll give you just enough 
to leave you on the edge of your seat wanting more. And trust me, there will be more. Anyway, take a look at the college football top 25 coaches poll and AP poll as well, too. And we're going to also look at the FCS as well, too, see if there's any more historically black colleges and universities in there besides Jackson State. So let's just go ahead and pause the music down just a little bit. We just have it in a little bit faintly. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Let the music ride and flip. Put my auto DJ on. Anyway, looking at the AP top five, it looks like this. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Cincinnati. Number five, Notre Dame. Number six, Michigan. Number seven, Oklahoma State. Number eight, Ole Miss. Number nine, Baylor. Number 10, Oklahoma. Number 11, Oregon. Number 12, Sparty's in there, Michigan State. Number 13, BYU. Number 14, Texas A&M. Number 15, University of Texas San Antonio. Still sporting that unblemished record at 11-0. Number 16, the team that knocked off the Ducks, clipped their wings off of them. How about Utah? Coming in at number 16. Number 17, Iowa. Number 18, Wisconsin. Number 19 at 10-1, Houston. Future Big 12 member. Number 20, Pittsburgh. Number 21, Wake Forest. Number 22, San Diego State. Number 23, Louisiana. Number 24, North Carolina State. And number 25, Arkansas. That is the AP Top 25. Now, let's look at the AFCA coaches poll. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure in the eyes of the college football playoff committee, they will disagree with both coaches and AP poll. Number five, Notre Dame. Number six, Michigan. Number seven, Oklahoma State. Number eight, Ole Miss. Number nine, Oklahoma. Number 10, Baylor. That's a head scratcher. Remember, Baylor is the one that beat Oklahoma. So the coaches see it a little bit different than the AP. Number 11, how those mighty ducks have fallen. Number 12, Iowa. Number 13, Michigan State. Number 14, Texas A&M, number 15, BYU, number 16, Houston, number 17, Pittsburgh, number 18, Wisconsin, number 19, Utah, number 20, University of Texas, San Antonio, number 21, Wake Forest, number 22, San Diego State, number 23, Louisiana, Number 24, North Carolina State. Number 25, Kentucky. Now, let's take a look at the FCS coaches poll. They're top 25. 
Coming in at number one with an undefeated record of 10-0, Sam Houston. Coming in at number two, 10-1, James Madison. Number three at 10-1, North Dakota State, always up there in the top. Number four at 10-1, Kennesaw State. At 9-2, coming in at number five, Montana. Number six with a 9-2 record, Eastern Washington. Number seven, sporting a 9-2 record, Villanova. Number eight at 10-1, East Tennessee State. Number nine, another state of Montana school with a 9-2 record, Montana State. Come in at number 10. A guy I know would be happy. His name is David Mitchell. He would be glad to know that his Missouri State Bears are coming in at number 10 with an 8-3 record. Number 11 with an 8-3 record, South Dakota State. Number 12 at 9-2, Sacramento State. Coming in at number 13 with a 9-2 record, UT Martin. And since the last time I did the FCS Top 25, this school has moved up two spots from number 16 to number 14, coached by none other than Dion Coach Prime Sanders with a 10-1 record at number 14, Jackson State. Coming in at number 15 with a 9-2 record, Incarnate Word at number 16 with an 8-3 record, UC Davis. At number 17 with an 8-3 record, Southeast Louisiana. Coming in at number 18 with a 9-1 record, not only are these guys smart in the classroom, but they appear to be smart on the field as they're once again sporting that 9-1 record, Princeton. Coming in at number 19 out of the great state of Texas, you know their basketball team is known for knocking off Blue Bloods. Their football team is at 8-3, coming in at number 19, Stephen F. Austin. Coming in at number 20 with a 9-1 record, Dartmouth. Number 21. 7-4 record. Another Dakota school. This time, South Dakota. Coming in at number 22, one of those historically black college and universities. They're known as the Rattlers. Yeah, that's right. The Rattlers. Florida A&M. At 22. Coming in at number 23 with a 7-4 record. Southern Illinois. How about those Salukis? Coming in at number 24. Another school known for high academic standards, smart in the classroom, pretty good on the field with a 9-2 record. Holy Cross. And round out that top 25, Northern Iowa with a 6-5 record. As I get ready to bring this train into the station, I have to ask, do you think the University of Cincinnati Deserves to be in the top four. According to the AP poll and the coaches poll, they tend to think so. But I think tomorrow or by Wednesday, we'll know what the college football committee thinks. Which is why the ongoing debate will be, should the field be expanded to eight or should it be expanded to 12? Granted, it wouldn't help Cincinnati none if they're left out of the dance. My theory is the powers that be does not want to see another Boise State, Oklahoma fiasco. Cincinnati, in my view, 
is getting the same treatment Wichita State was getting when they were in the Missouri Valley Conference in basketball. It was said they're not playing anybody. It's not their fault that the somebodies don't want to play certain schools. Not only does it happen in basketball, it happens in football. A lot of these big schools rather just help finance a school's budget just so they can have a good tune-up game. To that, I say pick on someone your own size. Pick on someone like a Cincinnati. Pick on someone like a Houston. Let's see how that turns out. I'm pretty sure Alabama taking on Cincinnati. Play a 10 games. I'm pretty sure Nebraska. I'm pretty sure Alabama beats them maybe eight out of 10 times. But all it takes is one time on the grandest stage of them all. The college football playoffs. I think if any other time, this is the year you say, what the hell? Let's see what they can do. I think it's time we reward a team for their undefeated season. And Lord forbid, if they win the conference championship game. They've done their part. To the committee, I'll say, do your part. Reward the kids. Let the kids play. Let the chips fall where they may. Well, this is your boy, Anthony. You're ready to bring this train into the station as I have another job I have to go to. But I hope you have enjoyed this portion of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Try to keep you informed. I will be back tomorrow on a Tuesday. And I will be coming back with some more NCAA news and heavy on the NFL. About to get to in that area. Until then, have a blessed evening. Sign off. Train is pulling into the station.